true wealth comes from the relationships that you have and the in the spiritual health that's in your life because you can have a lot of money and still be broke in my opinion but at the same time you do need money to live basically and that's part of the reason why I still try and live frugally even as I scale the business because I don't want my head and my heart to get inflated by material things just because I have them we can use material things and money to help establish God's kingdom on the earth when when you get to a certain point you you have to really consider, okay, am I just going to enjoy selfishly or am I going to generously allow my community, my family, people in need around me to also benefit from what God has allowed me to do? Welcome to the Grant Owen Podcast, where we explore the world of entrepreneurship. Join us as we dive into the nitty gritty of what it takes to start, grow, and scale a successful business. We're on a mission to share our experiences, failures, insights, and advice with others. Whether you're just starting out in your entrepreneurial journey or you're looking to take your business to the next level, tune in and join the conversation about what it takes to succeed in the world of business. Welcome to the Grant Owen Podcast. I appreciate you being with, here with me. I am so excited, man. Uh, first off, before we dive into this episode, um, all I ask, as I ask every time, is that you share this with one person. If hearing about Kaja, learning about Kaja, Kaja's story, Kaja's faith, Kaja's values, Kaja's knowledge gives you any value in this world, share it with one other person that would benefit from that. That's all I ask, okay? Because I love comments, I love likes, I like shares, but what's more important to me is that the people that need to hear this, hear it. So if you could do that, uh, it would mean the world to me and it would make the investment of our time to make this and the investment of our energy so worth it. So um, thank you for being here. Kaja, dude, thanks for spending time with me. Yeah, man. Glad, glad we were able to get this on the schedule. Can I, uh, can I get you? Can I, can I, can I give you an intro for a second? I want to, I want to start the podcast this way. Go for um, it. So, Kaja, I'm gonna try not to get emotional. Kaja is. <laughs> oh no, we're already tears. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I'm going. I'm going. Uh, I, I think uh, there's there's two people in my life. There's two people that in my life that I would categorize as probably the best men that I know. Uh, one is my dad. My dad's the best man that I know. Uh, I, I appreciate, uh, he's just like, he's just my best friend and I appreciate him. And uh, he's just, I, I've never known someone to be a better, better father. But the second best man that I know, and I say this to, I say this to people when they ask me about you. I say this to people uh, that don't know you. I say this to people when I'm describing who you are. Um, Kaja is the second best man that I know. Um, and I've been saying that for years. And I want to tell you why. Um, we've grown up together. We've been friends for a long period of time. Um, there's, there's a uniqueness that comes with that level of history and that, those seasons. But one thing that's been consistent in Kaja is Kaja's that friend that picks you up. Kaja's that friend that um, identifies when you're, when you're down. And there's been probably two or three points in my life. Like There was one point in particular that was... Uh, impactful for me. Um, I think I was 20 years old. I was freshly engaged to Erica. Um, I was in between churches. I was serving a lot at one church and I was attending the church I grew up in. Um, but I was feeling lost in community. And uh, I was feeling just like I, I, I was, because I wasn't like fully committed anywhere, um, my faith was just really struggling. And I was struggling with sin. I was just struggling with a lot of stuff. Um, there was one Sunday that Kaja walked up to me and you said, uh, you said, 
just genuinely, dude, dude, how, how's your faith? How are you like, when was the last time you read the Bible? And I told you, I said, uh, Kaj, I, I don't think I, I haven't picked up a Bible in three months. And, uh, you looked at me and you said, I'm coming over on Wednesday night. And then you came over on Wednesday night. We read this, started the book of Daniel. And then you came over every Wednesday night and slept over at my house, uh, like for like <laughs> four months straight. Yeah. And we yeah, did a Bible study and then it turned bro. into, it turned into a discipleship group that we added other people to. It turned into a Bible study that we added a bunch of other people to. But, um, what, what, like there's, there's the, the friend that just does that. There's the friend that says, okay, I see where you're at. Uh, we haven't connected in a while, but I'm coming over right now and I'm going to commit to being with you. Um, I think, I think in reality, I, if I really look at it, I probably wouldn't have gotten married that year. Like Eric and I probably wouldn't have gotten married and had our relationship survive if you hadn't given me that friendship and commitment to like helping me get to that next level and get out of that spiritual slump and help me become the man I need to get, uh, to, to be, to, to, you know, be a man worthy of her. And, um, here's why it's unique is that I'm not the only person you've done that with. Um, I've watched you since doing that with me and feeling the impact of how you've done that with me. I've watched you do that with I think three or four other people in that time. Sometimes it's having people stay with you. Sometimes it's having people, uh, it's giving people jobs. Sometimes it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's been a load of different things, but you've been that person to identify when they're in that slump and you're the person that gets them out of it. And I just, I just want to say thank you because those, those are things that go unnoticed and I would prefer to start this podcast by publicly stating what that's like because it's more than just, you know, like there's an element of Christianity that, that that's a calling, right? But I think that's, if we talk about, you know, like how, I think as in James, it says like real religion is caring for the poor, the needy, the widow. Um, I, I, think, I think what's lost is true fellowship and true discipleship. And I think uh, no one, you don't publicize the way you care for people and the way you meet people um, I've also just had the privilege of like when we're in different seasons, when we're different, like we were coming back from Miami, uh, mm-hmm. from a conference, a business conference, and you get a text, you get a phone call, you have a situation you have to take care of. And you just like, you just are like, we, I was tired. I, we just, we were, we were like at a conference for three days and you, you were like, no, dude, I, I, I have to take care of this. And, um, didn't complain. You were just like, this person needs my help. And, and you just helped. And I, I just, I've had unique insight into that. And I just want to encourage you and just thank you for the man that you are. Cause I don't think, I know there's a lot of people like you, but I know I see you. Mm. Um, and so whenever, when, so, whenever someone's like, you know, who's Kosh, how's Kosh in the business world, in the friend world, in the spiritual world, right. Uh, it's really easy for me to say, you know, I, I, I don't go so far to being like, Kaj is my best friend. I don't want to own, I don't want you to own that. Like, that's not a title for, for, for me to, to, to hand out because I don't have like, I, when I say it, I mean like, I think Kaj is the best friend that I have. Mm. Kaj is like the, the, like when it means to be best, it's like not closest. It's not about like closest. It's about like consistent earning of affection and, 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 and care. So um, just thanks for being you. Cause I know it, I'm not the only person that feels that way. And I want to be able to take this opportunity, uh, just to thank you for it. Thanks for who you are and what you do. Thanks bro. That, that means a lot. Yeah. I, uh, was not expecting that intro, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's, 
it's not something you know that and you know this you know my heart it's it's because i've received a lot right mm. i'm i'm blessed what i've received from god what i've received from my family it's it compels me to to pay that forward you know mm. it's it's not out of a place of all right can i get recognition from this or whatever but i think it's a a burden that god has placed on my heart and sometimes when you just feel moved to to action in a certain way you you have to you just have to and it's also yeah. you you get to see the fruit of it you you build really good friendships like you and i have out of those moments so yeah thank you love yeah you i mean I, to to be honest yeah i love you man and i think uh i'll stop it there i'll stop with the sappy stuff i just <laughs> i i the reality is especially when it comes to like ministry stuff mm. um, i'm a pastor's kid and i know that it's like there's a lot of times you don't get to see the fruit mm-hmm there's a lot of yeah. times you don't get to see like you put in all this effort like you you're you're you know you you lead a community group you lead like you care for a lot of people right and a lot of times you don't get to see what comes of that right um and i i just if i can be anything i just want to be the person that says you know there is fruit um mm-hmm. in my life at least and i've seen it in other people's lives and so i for hope sure. that just kind of conti- encourages you to continue because i think uh yeah don't let that take like whether it's in ministry whether it's in business whether it's in something else um, yeah, I just appreciate that. That's who you are as a man. Um, I want to dive into business for a second because let's do it. Uh, you've, you've not only done that, but you mentored me on my, my, uh, brief, but <laughs> passionate Amazon I, journey. I would say brief. I would say a, a was, full year, was, a full year plus is more than brief. Yeah, it, was, it was about, I'll give it, I'll give myself two years. If I last till February, it's about two years. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It's about two years. Yep. Um, and uh, you, you, what you did is I think you hit me up and you were like, I, I met, I interacted well, with you it and you were the, like, it was the, a ski the trip. drive up. Yeah. 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 Up to Jack Where Rock. you were saying like, I made what, I think you said like, I made like a thousand bucks on like Arnold Palmer's or something. Yes. 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 That was one of our, that was one of our first quote unquote big flips. We bought, we, <laughs> and I was and like, me and what Josh are you were doing? just talking about this the other day. We bought like a hundred or more of some Arnold Palmer's from Ollie's sent them into Amazon on a pallet, which was a disaster to figure out our first time doing it. But yeah, <laughs> we made profit. We didn't make That's a crazy. lot on our, on our hourly time <laughs> because we had no clue what we were doing. It should have taken a couple hours. It took like three or four days. So we probably made like 50 <laughs> cents an hour, but it was worth it. <laughs> uh, on that. Uh, so, you went from I know like you were we were you were almost bragging to me you were like dude I think we're doing like twenty like ten <laughs> ten thousand a month twenty thousand a month and now you're doing over a hundred thousand dollars a month yep and that's it's been a year and a half tell me about that process because I know essentially you took you took a jump like May or April of 2022 and then it went up to like 50k then you just like I think you just so tell me about the past couple of years. Tell me about the like the growth of running an online e-commerce wholesale business. Yes. So myself and my business partner, another good friend from growing up, Josh, we started selling on Amazon in 2017. We originally started with private label, which is where you brand your own product, get it manufactured in China, make a listing on Amazon, run ads, all that stuff. We had one product that did not do so great, one product that do did do well. And then we kind of had a pivot after COVID lockdown because the global supply chain was a disaster. 
So then we started yeah. doing arbitrage, which is essentially flipping stuff. So we started out with online arbitrage, looking at different retail websites for brand name products that we can buy low, sell high, make the margin. And then this year we started adding in wholesale. So same idea, flipping brand name stuff, but purchasing it from distributors so you can get more quantity and products that you might not have access to online. So 2017, we were still in college, kind of doing it on the side for a few years. 2021, I quit my full-time job, end of 2021. And I was doing like some essentially contractor work on the side just to support my own yeah. personal cash flow. And then since June of 2022, I've been 100% full-time on the business. So June of 2022 is when I really took the jump, when we really started scaling up. And at some point in the back half of 2022, we probably started hitting 50K revenue months. And then mm -hmm. middle of this year is when we started hitting 100K revenue months. What are you going to do this month in December? We're recording this in December. I'm not sure. This is probably going to come out in January. But in, in December, how much are you going to do? November, we did 140. December, I'm pushing for 200. Yeah. And You're the, crazy, we're, we're trying to build to a point where like 200K plus is our new normal. That's the goal. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, here's what's crazy is that you were, you were talking about how, I mean, we were t like, when we started this, 20K sounded crazy. Dude, it did. 20,000 a month? It did. It's like, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. And now you're like, ah, two years later, 10X. 10X. No 10X, business, maybe. like, there's no business that 10Xs it's, in two years. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. None. It's, it's very scalable. But at the same time, when you're scaling that aggressively, it can be scary because yeah. you're, you're just spending a lot of money on inventory. <laughs> So what's the difference between a, a $20,000 business and a $200,000 business systems, systems and access to good inventory. That's really it. Okay. Yeah. Is it, is it come, how much of it comes down to like buying power? Like you have to have so much access to credit. Yeah. So if, to, if you want to scale quickly, you can leverage credit cards, you can leverage loans. Then the other side of it is as you continue to flip products, you reinvest a lot of those profits back into back into the business and buying more inventory. So the, if you get a couple good products, the snowball effect can happen very quickly, which is what happened for us. And then we do leverage credit as well. But most of our profits from any product just end up going back into buying more inventory. And now we're kind of getting to that point where we're like, okay, we're hitting a good revenue mark and we might be able to slow down the pace of our growth to kind of st stabilize cash flow, build up some capital reserves, maybe increase some salaries, that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> What's, uh, how much are you taking home per month? Can I ask? Like there's, uh, there's the, the amounts you're allowed to take home. And yeah. then there's like the, like you're saying, like, you're like, I'm reinvesting. I'm in reinvestment mode. Yes. Yeah. Not a lot. My personal salary this year is going to be high thirties, low forties, somewhere in there. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so you're really, low. you're really slim. You're really oh, slim. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I have almost no living expenses. So yeah. I what, still, what do I, you want to do? What do you, where do you want, like how much do you want to take home when you've established this where you want it to be? Next year, I want to between 2X and 3X my personal salary. If you're not making 120 next year, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be mad. It, yeah. It, I'm going to be mad. Me and Josh just, just had our 2024 planning meeting and it should happen. If it doesn't happen, okay. we did something wrong. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cause 200K, what? 200K a month. That's almost three mil, right? 
That would be 2.4. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then, yeah, even if you, yeah, that would, that would be, that'd be fitting. Are you, are you, uh, like, do you have an exit plan? Do you want to be doing this? Do you want to keep scaling this? Do you want to like, do you like Amazon? I do. I, I enjoy e-commerce and we actually, we're getting on Walmart too, which is part of how we're going to be diversifying. Cause obviously, as you know, the biggest risk for an Amazon business, which you can't really have an Amazon business. You're an e-commerce business selling on Amazon. But if you're selling on Amazon, primarily your biggest risk is platform risk. The yep. way I like to describe it is we're playing in Uncle Bezos's playground. He sets the rules yeah. and he can <laughs> kick us off. Bezos. And if he does, it will be with no remorse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So part of <laughs> our, our other goal for 2024 is de-risking a little bit and yeah. being in a position where if for some reason something happens and we get suspended for a period of time, God forbid, it wouldn't totally destroy us. Yeah. And that Are wasn't you, the uh, answer to the question you just asked, but I forget what it was. It's fine. That's fine. No, I, it was more like, what's your exit strategy? Because you're saying like, mm. that's how you're going to scale. Yes. Are so, you like, are you like wanting to do this for the next five to 10 years? Is it two to three years? What's your, what's your ideal? Yeah. So the way to build enterprise value in an e-commerce business is to have ownership of a brand, which would be going back to the private label thing, developing your own product or what our direction is for next year and for the foreseeable future is wholesale brand direct exclusive contracts. So still selling someone else's product, but instead of being one of 10, 20, 30 people selling that brand on Amazon and Walmart, we would be the only person selling that company's product and have an exclusive written agreement that would be then be transferable. So we could get to a point where, and uh, there's a few people I've talked to who have done this where that's their entire business model. They only partner with certain brands and that's how they're building their e-commerce business to nine figures. And because of yeah. those contracts, then you actually have enterprise value because you essentially have control over the entire distribution channel. And then aggregators would love to see that kind of thing. So if we, I'm for the next, I would say th three to five years, my goal is to build that part of the business, also adding in the consulting piece. And then as we build that way, we would at least have the option to do an exit if we want to. You can't really exit uh, online arbitrage business at a good multiple. It's just, you can't. Yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of been my, my thought is like, I was, cause I was talking to a shot, I was shooting with uh, Warner and Miles yesterday, which is yeah. really funny because when you were like, I went through the education of Kaja Robinson when it comes to on, like e-commerce, he yeah. sent me the Buy Box Bandits podcast and then he created me a playlist and within that playlist, it was Warner Fields of Profit, uh -huh. Miles. Yeah. I think it was like probably like Fast Track FBA or something like that. Yeah, but I think like, Fast Track was, was in really there maybe Amazon Lit. <laughs> but what's really funny about it is like, because I pretty much all I, you, you sent it to me, I think I just mostly consumed Warner's like sourcing vids. Yes. And the full circle is like, that was, he was like one of my, like <laughs> my main, my main clients. That is, that is making, really full circle. <laughs> I'm making those videos for him. So it's really funny. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I I want I was talking to him yesterday, uh, while just while we we're shooting content, and it was like, what's the four? I mean, in a world of saturation and in a world where you're you're thinking exit because you're thinking business, mm -hmm. most people approach Amazon, uh, Amazon in particular. Uh, I don't know about dropshipping or any of the other e-commerce like yeah. scams slash not scams slash automation stuff, like all the stuff that's not real. But when right. it comes to real business stuff, uh, 
a lot of people approach Amazon as like a flipping business, which mm-hmm. it totally can be. Even OA yes. is like, you don't have to, it can be a side hustle and you can yep. make two to $3,000 a month and it can be awesome, right? That's incredible. That's a, it's, it's, I would argue it's actually really easy to make two to $3,000 profit per month. Yeah. As flipping a side products hustle. on Amazon. Yep. Yeah. Totally. Um, not many people talk about it as a business with that yep. in mind. What is your, what's the different, different, like what's the differentiation between OA wholesale and PL mm-hmm. and how would someone know if they're good for one of those? Right. So OA online arbitrage and then wholesale, there's two sides of it. There's wholesale arbitrage and then there's wholesale brand direct and then private label is building your own brand. Each one is going to have different pluses and minuses that come with it. Online arbitrage, I would say is the best way to get started besides maybe retail arbitrage, which is the same idea, but just going to brick and mortar stores. Because with retail arbitrage, you can physically see the product that's a little bit more tangible when you're first starting out versus online arbitrage. Obviously, you're just looking at a screen. But those are great ways to get higher margin products to flip a few things to make that extra thousand bucks a month, two thousand bucks a month, three thousand. Wholesale is, in my opinion, when you really want to start scaling and build something a little bit more stable. Because with online arbitrage and retail arbitrage, products are going to have a much shorter life cycle, which means you a product might only be profitable to flip for a week, a couple weeks, a month, even just a day. We do have a few online arbitrage products that are consistently good, but that's rare. Wholesale mm-hmm. products will have a much longer life cycle. They'll be, you know, three months, six months, a year, even evergreen. But then the barrier to entry might be a little higher because you have to build relationships with distributors to get good pricing. You have to do a lot of cold calling. Whereas with online arbitrage, you just any website will, you know, let you buy until you get banned. <laughs> and then with, I, with yeah. private with private label, you're building the brand, you're gonna have higher margins. Your mm-hmm. research process has to be really, really in depth. You got to know the market. You got to know the kind of uh, product that you want. You need to find a supplier in China, and then that the turnaround on your cash flow is just way longer. Retail arbitrage. I mean, you can go to the store, buy something, list it, sell it the same day, get paid out two weeks later. Private label. Yeah. You have to first design the product, then find a manufacturer, then they have to make it, then they have to ship it from China to here if you're getting manufactured in China, your cash flow cycle might be six months, nine months. So, but then you have brand equity. So pluses and minuses on each side. I would would also say like, if you're someone who's really good at operations, Mm -hmm. really good systems, I would say OA is realistic. The downside of OA is that you always have to find new items. But if you have good systems, then finding new items is really easy. The downside, the, the, the type of person that should do wholesale is someone who's good at sales. Someone who's like, likes picking up the phone and dialing because you have to cold call. If you do emails, you have to have assistance for that. But like, uh, that's, that's awesome. The downside of that is if you find bad suppliers, uh, it makes it a little bit risk, like a little bit negative. And then the margins are tougher because you know, you're, you're doing larger quantities. Yeah. At at the start. Um, And it's going to depend on the product, depend on the supplier. But yeah, the the main thing with OA is transactional. Wholesale is relationship based. So if you're good, like you said, you have a, you can do sales, you're good at building relationships, communicating with suppliers, you'll, you'll succeed in in wholesale. I think anyone that's good at marketing should do PL because private label is like, 
like with the benefit of wholesale and the benefit of OA is that you have to do very little, like OA, you have to do zero marketing. Yep. And then wholesale, you have to do very little marketing, if any, right? You have to do very little in paid ads. So, um, but with PL, you have to do a ton. The downside of PL is that if your product is inferior, if it's not very good, yeah. it's very easy to duplicate. Yes. Yeah, and the almost more, always like a Chinese supplier is going to beat you. Yeah. The In my opinion, the more important side of private label is going to be the product development and product research. If you hmm. really are trying to build a brand around that private label product and have it be a multi-product yeah. brand and go multi-channel, so Walmart, Shopify, even get it in brick and mortar stores, then that's where the marketing piece comes in. But on yep. Amazon, it's more about is the product good? Is it better than the competition? And then learning how to run PPC advertising. Yep. Love it. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to pivot hard. Let's do I'm it. I'm going to pivot really, really hard out here. Um, first off, <laughs> dude, <laughs> you built something that's going to drive, going to be 2.7. Like, you're not even just a million dollar seller. You don't even have just a seven figure business. You're going to have a multi seven figure multi business. Multi seven. Next that's year. the goal for next year. We did. We hit. Dude, we hit the six figure seller mark. <laughs> I remember when we hit six figures for trailing twelve months, and that was probably <laughs> that was close to the most excited I've been in the business. It was six <laughs> figures for the last twelve months, and then realizing Dude, that I, six figures in sales is not that much yes. <laughs> <laughs> once you take out your cost of goods sold. <laughs> there's not much left. Yeah. But yeah. Multi yeah. seven. But either way, good. that's that's. I mean, sure, you're just a twenty twenty something year old. You know, twenty seven, twenty eight year old guy. Seven figure biz, no big deal. The opportunity's no one, there, man. The opportunity's there. Who cares about it? Stick with it long enough. If you can do work, it, you'll get there. If you can do it, um, the uh, the next thing I want to talk about is, uh, there's a lot of stuff you do. I was talking about the impact that you have as a spiritual leader, just as as a friend, but also just as as a, you know, as a man. Um, I actually I I asked you about this on your podcast uh, mm. about a year ago. Yeah. Um, but do, do you want to be a pastor? Yes. Do you, is that like a, is that like a, is like a soon time thing? Is it a long-term time thing? Is the, it like the latter? I think in college, I thought it was going to be a soon time thing. And mm -hmm. from what I've learned and just the position I'm in in life now, I think it's a long, long-term thing. And when I say long-term, I, I don't think it's going to happen within the next five years. Okay. Yeah. What, is that, what does it look like for someone to have a successful business like, and, and be a pastor? Because you're, you're going to be towing that line with that dynamic of like, mm -hmm. if things go right, which I, I, if I had to make bets, I'm going to cautious someone I'm betting on. If things go right, like you're going to be in a position where you're going to be wealthy and then also doing ministry. How do you mm -hmm. tow the line between like, being wealthy, <laughs> you're like it's not I something I don't you know have why, yet, I don't, right? I don't know why yeah, I know, you're asking but, me. I haven't, I haven't got there. <laughs> I know, but like, but but I'm reading. We're working on the math. We see the. I see the plan. I saw. I've. I've been. I've been privy to the evidence of it and what's growing. And I. I know you're living frugally. You're just a frugal guy. Again, uh, partially spiritually led. Partially, you know, just you're just very operationally minded. You're very practical. Yep. But if all goes well, you'll be someone who's rich. And you'll be you'll be entering like this thing where you're gonna try to become a spiritual leader. Um, what that what is that dynamic like? What's I feel like everyone like the Bible is so clear to to like warn against 
love of God, love of money. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they say it's a hard, you know, it's hard for a rich man to get to heaven. Mm-hmm. If it's hard for a rich man to get to heaven, it must be even harder for a rich man to be able to lead people to heaven. Hmm. I disagree with the last statement. I think it sounds good. I think, well, I, I guess it depends on who the rich person is. <laughs> <laughs> I, so you, you gotta, I want to start with like a philosophy of wealth. And I think this is something I spend a lot of time thinking about to guard my heart from the love of money. I enjoy money. Mm. I enjoy it as a tool. I enjoy it as a resource that gets rid of things. But I think true wealth comes from the relationships that you have and the, and the spiritual health that's in your life. Because you can have a mm. lot of money and still be broke, in my opinion. And I, I'd never, mm. ever want to end up in that situation. But at the same time, you do need money to live basically and that's part of the reason why i still try and live frugally even as i scale the business because i don't want my head and my heart to get inflated by material things just because i have them abraham going back to the old testament abraham was stupid wealthy he had so much wealth in possessions Mm -hmm. in people in power in influence and he was called a friend of god And I think Hmm. our call as Christians can be if God desires to give us wealth and the skills and the ability to go and make wealth and contribute in the marketplace is we can use material things and money to help establish God's kingdom on the earth, particularly through generosity. So it's not about accumulating and accumulating so that I can live extra safe and extra comfortably. For me, I think God has given me these skill sets and I just enjoy doing it so much that I would do it just for the fun of it, even if it's not because I'm I'm making bank, you know? Like I, yeah. I legitimately enjoy doing what I'm doing because of the process. And hmm. I need to pay the bills as well. But <laughs> I think when when you get to a certain point, you you have to really consider, okay, am I just going to enjoy selfishly the labor of my hands or am I going to generously allow my community, my family, people in need around me to also benefit from what God has allowed me to do? I like that. Um, I, I guess I just would ask like, are there examples in your mind of people that have done that well? Like I know we can think of examples of people that are generous people mm-hmm. that, you know, that have practiced stewardship really well. Yeah. Um, I guess it's different for like at least in the social media space. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of business owners that are very successful, mm-hmm. but a lot of and a lot of them that that claim to be Christian, whether they are or not. Right. Um. Who's is there somebody in your mind that you're like I, I like how he does it. I like like I would like yeah. To that's a that a little bit. that's a really tough question because the pastors I know are the my local pastors right, and they're all full time vocational pastors. I don't have personal relationship with someone who's a pastor who currently owns, even if they don't operate, owns a business. I know they exist. I just haven't had conversations with them. And it's really hard to kind of determine through social media. And a lot of pastors who are also wealthy have made their money in ministry, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. In some situations, it's it can be wrong, but not necessarily not calling anybody out. So it's it's challenging. I don't know how to answer that question. I don't see why it can't be done. 
I don't have. Have you connected with John uh, Omuncheco? No, I have not. But I follow Dude. him because of you. Dude, you got yeah. Send him. Send him a get a get a call booked with him. He's. I mean, he's no longer a pastor. Right. But uh, I think he has part ownership in like six businesses, and he still does ministry to some extent. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, 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 is, he seems. I, he seems really dope. He's awesome. He's awesome. Yeah. Um. I don't. I wouldn't categorize him as someone like who's like in ministry, you know, but like I do like how he's approached things. Um, yeah. I think you I can guess, get to a point I where guess, like I, I could see myself if whatever point in life it is, if I'm in full-time vocational ministry, but then I, yeah. if we make some sort of exit, even if I have minority share, at that point it's just like you just have stock in a company and you get yeah. whatever sort of disbursements that you can live off of and support your family with. Yeah. Okay. How much money would it take for you to be a W two employee? I mean, a lot. It would be a lot for me to have to go back to W two. <laughs> really? A lot. How much? Multiple seven figures. <laughs> a year? Yes. <laughs> Multiple seven figures. I, I enjoy working for myself way too much. Man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If someone wants to make me an offer for multiple, for a single seven figure a year, that wouldn't, I wouldn't mind. I no. would, I would take nope. that. I want to take it. <laughs> uh, like, is it because I, I would, I would hesitate. Freedom? I would hesitate. I would think about it. And then I would say no. <laughs> multiple seven figures, bro. Yeah. Multiple seven. It would have to be multiple. a year because I believe in, in the vehicle that I have now. I believe that I will get there within the near future. So why would I sacrifice the time freedom, the control, working with friends, being able to hop on a call with you and do a podcast <laughs> for money? Like again, that goes back to what I'm saying. Like I think wealth is the relationships and, and the life that you get to live and the people that you get to mm. do it with. It's not just about the money. It would, There's a clip. That's a, that's a clip right there. It would it would have to that. be like, so if I'm getting paid multiple seven figures, I could then, then this is where it gets interesting. So I'd be like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do them both for a month. I'll take 80% of my first month paycheck to hire someone to be me in my business. There Step it is. outside of the business. There it is. Work for them for a year. Quit, then take all of that capital and reinvest it back into the business. <laughs> Now we're playing math. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I see how it is. But it wouldn't well, be yeah, so because if someone, if someone wants to hire if someone wants to hire Kaj for multiple seven figures, I'll take it if he doesn't want it. But yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Feel free to reach out. Um, that's really funny. What? So on that level, I think I I'm noticing a lot of entrepreneurs talk about God. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've seen it as well. And the the danger is that. I also see, like, I, I think the heart's there mm-hmm. and the the root of, like, why they're communicating that and that their faith is real. Mm-hmm. But on the side of it, I also see just because of lifestyle and because of people, they like, they're not in the church. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're, they're talking about their love of God and their need for God and how God drives everything for them. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to their lifestyle, they still do the same things. They're not having the spirit flow through them. They're cursing. They're, they're, uh, yeah, they're just, there's an outflow of sin, but a representation of God and God is my everything. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me about it. 
What are your thoughts on that? I think anyone can say whatever they want on social media. And I would love to just have actual conversations with people, those people. And it's hard because some people have grown up in the church and then they have church hurt. They've had bad experiences. That can be, I like, hate that ver- word. That can be very legitimate. I, I hate it. That drove them away from being in the church. Some people yeah. maybe never stepped foot in a church and then are starting to discover a relationship with God, discover who God is. And then that's beginning to enter into their life. So everyone can be at a mm-hmm. different point in the process. And then some people might just be claiming it just because it's what people are doing and there's no substance there. But I think if it's serious, then you have to ask yourself the hard questions and be like, is he Lord and savior? Am I going to submit to him as Lord or am I going to treat him as a, for lack of a better way of saying it, like a smorgasbord and just pick and choose what Mm -hmm. elements of God that I want and leave out that, which makes me uncomfortable. That's really good. That's really good. You have to be able to to do it all. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually want to ask about, you mentioned church hurt. Yeah. That's, I'm struggling that, that's with the it, word man. you don't like? I don't like it. Why? I don't I don't I don't like um first off, uh I don't believe in victim mentality. Um I think there's traumatic situations that happen. Right. There's people that sin. Yeah. There are there are awful things that have happened mm-hmm. to people and those people also are within the church because mm-hmm. that's just life. Yep. Bad things happen to people everywhere. Yes. Right? Correct. And I imagine it's uniquely hard when it's within the church. Yes. I don't, I hate victim mentality. Yeah. The church hurt me. Mm-hmm. And, and even sometimes it's not even just like, it's like this church. It's not, sometimes it's not even like this church. Mm-hmm. It's like the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate that. Yes. And then when, it, even when it's in within this church, it can also like, it can be this person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, cause mm-hmm. people hurt people. Right. And, and there's just hurt like this declaration of like, I, I can't, it's like ex-evangelical, all these yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. You see, you see guys like Josh mm. Harris that are, you know, falling away from the faith and then actually now regaining elements yep. of it, right? And reclaiming and saying, did, I, did, I needed to step away from faith in order to did you, get perspective. Did, did you listen to, what was the, the Mars Hill podcast? Do you listen to that one? I feel like we talked about that. I did. It was very well. I didn't. I, we, I've, a lot of people talk to me about Just it. Just go yeah. listen to the Josh Harris episode. That one was, that one was worth a listen. One okay. thing that was interesting I, is how he said he he apparently after he walked away he wrote a book about how to deconstruct, and he got lit up because of people who said you're the reason I walked away from the faith and now I don't know the meaning of life. <laughs> and they were like, "Did he release a book on deconstruction? It was either a book or a course or a blog or something, a pamphlet, ebook. <laughs> oh goodness yeah. gracious." Well, yeah, because this is what we're talking about. We're talking about all these terms that, first off, if you're not a Christian, if you're not in the evangelical movement, if you're like, you're not going to understand. You're not going to know who Josh Harris yeah, is. But, you, you don't need to. <laughs> but, yeah, but like, the, that's what I struggle with is like these terminologies of I deconstructed, I'm reconstructing. Mm-hmm. And it ex- it's exactly what we were talking about where it's like you're piecing together the aspects of church that you like. And you're like, yeah. fundamentally, people want community. Right. And they, if you feel burned by a community, right, which happens, yes. right, like, I I just I really struggle with it. Yep. I and like I'm someone that left Covenant, right. right? I don't I don't go to the same church I grew up in, but I will never say 
I hate covenant or I will never say I'm hurt by covenant because yes, there's individuals that, you know, I, when you're in a group of people that sin, they sin. I sing as people, they sing as me, but like, I, I have a lot of affection for people and it's okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. Pastors mishandle things. That's like, that's just what I I just, I can't stand it. So what, like, tell me your thoughts on church hurt because am I, am I just misguided? Like, I feel like it's just victim mentality. Mm. So when I say church hurt, obviously that's a large term with a lot of baggage that people mean different things by it. I would like to say I mean the person who was invested in a local church community and their pastor abused spiritual authority in a way that was damaging and sinful. I think that Mm -hmm. would be the best representation of church hurt. I think someone who is like, oh, I don't like this article I read on Christianity Today and how the evangelicals are saying X, Y, and Z, and then labeling that as church hurt. I think that's, you You need to dig a little deeper. I'm talking about someone who was in a local church community and something was seriously handled wrongly, or there was an abuse of power. And that because of the position that a pastor has, that a spiritual leader has in representing God to the people, and that person might not have a strong sense of discernment, that it gets muddy. They're like, okay, so if this is what God is like, why am I still following God? I think that mm. would be the kind of church that I'm talking about. But that's my. That's also where I struggle because people aren't God. Right. And, and it's like the church is not... It's a place where a bunch of sinners gather, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a bunch of righteous people mm-hmm. gathering. Yeah, it's a bunch of people that are pursuing righteousness, mm-hmm. right? But like, what's the? How can there be an expectation that this is this is God? Yeah. When, without the expectation of like I like, if I'm exposing myself to other people, I'm exposing right. my flaws, my issues. I'm living life with people, right? Like. It's like any relationship. Mm-hmm. It's like if you just spend enough time with someone, I, I to me it just sounds like the toxic stuff. It's like I'd get rid of toxic friendships, get rid of toxic like Yeah, I don't I don't think it's the right I'm not saying it's the right way to handle something to just up and leave, right? You gotta relationships are messy and you gotta dig in. We're called to be in community. I'm just that's just what I when I say church hurt, that's the kind of person I'm thinking okay. of. Okay. Yeah. What do you think uh what do you think of for someone that for someone that is feeling like they need a semblance of faith mm-hmm. and they haven't experienced the church, mm-hmm. they haven't experienced the goodness of it, they haven't experienced the fellowship of it, they haven't experienced what I described at the beginning of this episode, right? Um, but they're unsure about God. They're unsure about, like, they see all the negative. It's almost like it's almost like Catholics and you're like, I see all the things about priests and <laughs> children and I'm like, I'm just going to throw the baby out with the bathwater and just not... Uh, partake in any of it because of bad people. What do you say to them? And what, like, give me, give me an argument for the church. Mm. I don't know if I've ever tried to give an quote unquote argument for the church or speak to that group of people at large, because it's very difficult because everyone's story is different. I think whenever I have, I'm thinking about college ministry and friends I have from the gym, whenever I've talked to someone who's in that place 
it's normally about going into their story. Where did something go wrong or perceived to go wrong? And then talking about how the character of Jesus, the person of Jesus, the love of Jesus is the answer to that problem or showing through stories in the Bible how Jesus's character is not actually like what their hurt experience was. Because sometimes, again, going back to what I said before, someone abuses power and they're like, is God like this? And then talking them through, no, God is not like this. That person did X, Y, and Z, but that is an inaccurate representation of who God is. This is actually who God is like. Let me tell stories of that from my life, from friends' life, from scripture and then working through that with people because once you get to the heart of god and the true character of god i think you can work past that stuff it takes work but i think that's what it's about hmm. what's uh talk to me about spiritual discipline i think you're someone in my mind that is has been consistent with it i think you know i think of you and i think of like henry as as guys that are are that i think do a good job of walking with the lord um, what does that, what does that look like for you? What's been, what's been like the, the daily process of you to be close with God? Mm-hmm. Reading scripture, worshiping and praying. It's, it's the same, it's the same stuff, man. And it, it, that's, that's what God has given us to have access and relationship with him and it's daily bread, daily water, got to be filled and getting to a place where you actually realize that without him, you really can do nothing of lasting value. And hmm. that puts you to a place of humility and a place of prayer and a place of asking God for, okay, I need you. It's not just, I need to do this to check it off a list. I need to do this to feel good about myself, but actually realizing without this, I am empty. And then as you go deeper into relationship with God, it becomes something that you desire and not just something that you're doing for the sake of doing. So, yeah. Hmm. What does it look like practically on a daily basis? So you're talking about three different things. How do you make time for those three things? I normally try and do them first. I don't do great having a ton of time with them every day, especially in this season. It's I've just been so busy. And that's an excuse because at the end of the day, if I say it's the most important thing, it should be reflected in my calendar. So I'm not perfect with that by any mm. means, but I try and do it first. And then I, it depends on the day. I normally like to start with playing guitar in worship and then move into reading scripture and then prayer. That's normally what my flow looks like. Sometimes I'll do it at night. Uh, what's someone's first step? So someone hasn't picked up a Bible in years. Mm. Someone hasn't, you know, like they're, they're, they know they need something, mm-hmm. but that feels like a big step. Yeah. What's what's their first step for uh, for entering into even a relationship with God? Start reading Leviticus. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the episode, everybody. <laughs> and we'll... <laughs> no, no, that's, uh, that's 50% a joke because Leviticus... <laughs> it takes a lot of work to unpack what's going on in Leviticus. It's very different from our culture. I'm listening through the Bible Project and they're in Leviticus right now, so it was top of mind. Okay. <laughs> If you have no history at all with the with the Bible, you've never read it, I would say start in one of the Gospels because that tells the story, the story of Jesus. And again, there's a lot. It's the Bible is a book written by Jews 
in Hebrew, or if it's the New Testament, thinking in Hebrew, translating it into Greek or whatever other language. So it's a very, it's a Jewish book. So they're going to be things that we miss culturally, but there's always mm-hmm. a lesson that can be learned from even just a surface level reading of it. So start in the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four books of the New Testament. That would be the best place to start and do it with someone, whether it's a pastor, whether it's a friend, whoever. But I strongly believe that the Bible is meant to be read and studied in community. It's definitely meant to be read mm-hmm. privately and for personal devotion, but throughout Jewish history, throughout modern Christian history, it's it's a communal thing. And we've been going through the book of Mark, which is one of those gospels in my community group. And every time it's just great. I mean, we can spend two hours talking about five to 10 verses, just unpacking it and seeing new things, even though I've read that book many, many times. So read it, start in a gospel and read it in community with someone. Love it. Love it. All right, dude. Well, where can people find you? How can people support you? Yes. So most of my handles are just my name, Kaja Robinson, C-A-J-U-A Robinson. Currently most active on Twitter, also on Instagram, kind of on LinkedIn. We're, we're working on it, but you can shoot All me right. a follow, shoot me a message. And if you have any questions, whether it's about Amazon, about faith, I'm always down for a conversation. Love it. And what's one thing that you would like for people to take away from this? Oh boy. Yeah. Following God is worth it. It's worth it. It'll take sacrifice, but it's worth it. I love it. I love it. All right, dude. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate you. Appreciate your energy. Appreciate your time. Thank you for listening. Uh, We'll see you on the next one, guys. Peace.